Hello and welcome to the Research VR podcast. This week, I'm just uh, imitating Peter and Chris because uh, we've kind of been doing our independent uh, episodes. <laughs> and so the host keeps changing. So today I'm actually joined by another German friend. Uh, his name is Daniel Sproul. Are you German or just from Germany? Okay, you are German. That's good. <laughs> Daniel Sproul uh, from currently Realities, um, the company that's actually making photogrammetry an incredibly um, immersive and accessible technology in virtual reality uh, by kind of activating like VR tourism to be uh, uh, even a thing. So uh, joined here by Daniel. Hi, how are you doing, Daniel? Not too bad, not too bad. It's yeah, been great uh, stopping by here in the valley for a few days. Always great to, to be around. Nice. Yeah, I'm, we're glad to have you at Upload. I mean, we met a long time ago at an SVVR far, far away. Uh, well, not too far. But it feels like ages. It feels like ages. And we were like, we we're both geeking out that, that we both study cognitive science and so we're very much into UX. And you, you definitely have to, you definitely have like a, a repertoire to, and a long resume already in VR of like the different places you've been at. When was the first time you like got into virtual reality? Um, what draw? What drew you into it? And how long has it been since you've been building things in VR? So I've been actually working in VR since about five years. I got into contact with five VR. Five years, wow! Yeah, that That's was okay. before before Oculus and, and all that kind of before like what I call like to call the, the VR Renaissance. Uh-huh. I was working as a, a researcher actually um, during my semester abroad um, in Canada. Uh, I was working at the iSpace lab of Bernhard Rieke cool. um, at uh, Simon Fraser University. So there, the, the goal of the lab was to, to not only do VR research around VR, but mainly do psychology research using VR using as a tool. VR, yes. So, I mean, that's a, that's a theme that has been going on for, for quite a long time. Like VR has never been dead in like the research community, right. but um, yeah, like the tools were, were very different. We had those old Envis headsets yeah. where one costs like uh, 10K and <laughs> they weigh like, I don't know how many kilograms. And uh, like a lot of the time when you put it, put it on people's heads, like after five minutes, they're like, oh, my head is tired. Jeez. So yeah, I was running a, a study about, um, uh, or like was mainly doing, doing stuff around um, navigation and spatial, spatial orientation in humans. Awesome. So human experiments. <laughs> um, all, all consented by, by the ethics board, of course. Good. Of course. <laughs> the RRB has signed off yeah, on all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, it, was, it was fun stuff. Um, so very specific, you, you know, trying to, to find out, like, what kind of cues the brain uses for, for navigation, for staying oriented, and, like, uh, looking at edge cases where that breaks down just to learn more. Interesting. So you're looking at uh, almost, like, mental maps and, like, place cells, grid cells. Exactly. Yeah, so I guess how... Spatial something, uh, having spatial memory, it was something we've never really had in, in technology or any kind of software before. How do you think is now that's being incorporated uh, into just you know overall user experience side yeah. of things? Yeah, I think that is actually one of the biggest advantages that VR might might be able to offer us um, coming up to because our, our memory is based very much evolutionary on location-based right. memory, like grid cells and then place cells, as you just mentioned. So there's a lot, um, like a very tight um, integration of that, even in our brain, like um, the locations that are, that are um, for, for like location memory. 
and memory in general are very close by. Right. So there's been assumed that there's a strong link between the both that, that a more abstract kind of memory developed out of this displaced memory, which also makes sense like from an evolutionary point of view. Like it was really important for us to know where things are, where something yeah. happened. And I think we can we can utilize that going into VR, you know, placing things spatially um, and, and using that for, for recall. Um, we're really bad at those abstract structures. To, to recall, like in, in the fifth subfolder of like uh, drive D, I put this one thing. And right. um, one, one nice example of that is, is actually when you read a book, like a physical book, not yeah. a Kindle. Uh -huh. um, a lot of people, when you ask them about a certain part of the book, uh, like a certain line, they would be able to tell you if it was like left upper side or right, right lower side. That shows you like this abstract thing, this part of the story is tightly coupled to this location mm -hmm. where you picked it up, even if it's just on the book. And yeah, playing around with the HoloLens also the last days, um, I think there's something really, really interesting where you can actually put applications around your home and like, just, you know, find that stuff again. So yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a vision that I've had with augmented reality as well, where... Um, the post-it notes that we write, or let's say that we'll virtually write, like you'll have those always, let's say to the left side of side of your body underneath the bottom head of the hemisphere. So you, they're always accessible post-its that yeah. you'll have. Um, yeah, putting that into muscle memory. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think in general, both AR and VR have this, this huge possibility of making computing more human again, mm. and less abstract. Yeah. Um, tapping more into into all those innate capabilities that we have, all those um, instinctive mm. things that, that just come easy to us. I mean, we can all learn to do math, but it's something that you know feels very hard. It's, it's very abstract. Yeah. And and like other things like walking feel very natural. Um, just because it's we were designed to do those things, and they are deep down rooted in, in like the, exactly. the older structures of our brain. And so, space, I, I guess, is like very important um, for you guys. How uh, how do you approach space for for realities? Like, what does that mean to you? And how do you are you concentrating on literally building a uh, a spatial memory for the person while they're in there, so that they can. Uh, feel so when they go to the actual place in the real world, the place you've done scans yeah. of, they can feel literally that they know their way around. Well, yeah, it's something that we definitely observe. It's been super interesting. We've we've been demoing at uh, SVBR uh, some time ago, and there's this girl coming up, and she put on the headset, and she went to the castle, and she's like suddenly, wow, wow, I know this place. Wow. Like I've I've been here. So she was an American, um, and she went to Germany as like a tourist, and happened to go to that place, and That's like she funny. immediately re recognized it, and that was super stunning for us. Um, another funny example um, the, of of one of the places that we scanned is like the cave in France that we have in mm -hmm. there, um, which uh, David scanned for some archaeologists that were actually excavating there, and then um, he scanned that and went back, went there half a year later about uh, to stop by because it was on his way. So he, he dropped by and, and showed them the cave and those guys were mind blown because wow. they've been working in that cave for like, you know, years, like they've been <laughs> excavating that, they know every little corner. Yeah. And when they were walking around the cave, they would automatically not step on certain parts Wow! because that's what they're used to yeah. because that's the part where the bones are and the artifacts are. So they only would step on certain parts in the real cave. And that immediately happened in, in the virtual cave as well. That's fascinating. So that is, a, it's a very strong um, way of activating those, those uh, yeah, instincts and then like just learn things yeah. uh, that you don't actually actively think about anymore.
And because it's such a subconscious processing that you're doing, which is place, I think that's yeah. probably one of the most primitive forms of like memory and learning. And it's it's the the slam of the human brain, right? Yeah, trying absolutely. To figure out where itself is. I think it's always interesting when you end up somewhere and you're like, I know I've been here before, but you don't know why or when, or you don't know how you're so familiar with this location. And that's that's all those subconscious essentially place. Uh, triggers that the holistic sense to, to place being f- like fired and your body knows that you, it's been there before but you don't really recall them on specific memory i think that's like a fascinating subject uh, of human memory and we're starting to like work with it i think in vr and ar yeah absolutely it's fascinating yeah like triggering all those things um like all those inputs and i think you know having having this spatial feeling um not only the visual Basic input, right. but just the speciality of a, of a location can trigger a lot of that. Do you yeah. think? Do you think teleportation breaks uh, mental mapping in your in your head? Yes and no. Yes um, and no. Okay. I'm like that is actually something we've been working a lot with um, when we were when we were initially prototyping things. Um, mm. I think it's a huge huge problem in VR um, that there is no good locomotion mode. Like you always have to have that. There's, there's like those, those different, I think there's three different sectors that you can be in. Okay. Um, it's, it's one, um, which is it's comfortable. So, you know, like that for most people, um, like, uh, for, is, is it possible to just walk around continuously, like with a gamepad or so that mm-hmm. makes them sick. So you want to stay away from that. Um, then you have that other axis, which is like immersion mm-hmm. and, and spatial orientation. So you coming from the sickness point of view, you switch to teleporting, but that kind of kills immersion, um, and and especially like also spatial orientation, like yeah. And um, you then there's the sense yeah. of direction when yeah. you teleport. And then there's the third thing, which is the kind of practicality. Like you know, not everybody's gonna have like a, a omni treadmill or can do redirected walking. <laughs> right. So you can do those things, and you can solve those problems by doing that, which is what the void is doing. Like, you know, they just have a huge space and let like, you walk in like slight circles yeah, to exactly. solve that problem. But that's not practical for a lot of people. So you have to find like on those three axes, you have to find a trade off. And um, I really did not like the, the teleportation mechanics in, um, in like, RL. yeah, that, that came up, they come like, I mean, that's what, where we started from as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so because especially for us experiencing the place and the size of the place and, and staying oriented is something that is very, very crucial yeah. to the entire experience of, of experiencing the place and, and, and traversing it. Um, so every time you teleport, I had the feeling like, you, you kind of start from scratch with your mental mapping. Like mm. it takes a second, you're jarred. Um, you're like, well, yeah. where, where am I? Especially in novice users, which, which is, you know, a big part yeah. of our target group that are not willing to like, you know, spend hours and hours learning yeah. something, but just want to like jump in. Yeah. So that's why we ended up with, um, with the ludicrous speed, yeah. um, option or, or <laughs> zooming, uh, it's been called, uh, Do you currently places. have them on the latest scans or is that something you implemented in the yeah. beginning? No, you do? It's, okay. it's, it's, it's in there. You can actually, um, if you reach behind your head and pull the trigger, you can pu- uh, pull out a little menu. 
No and way. it gives you free locomotion options. Oh, cool. Okay, awesome. So it's a, it's a bit hidden at the moment. Um, like that's all gonna come cool. more into the forefront. So, and for people that didn't understand in the beginning, what yeah. what experience or app are we talking about? So this is about realities. Um, it's on the Steam Store. Actually, uh, it's on the Steam Store since since the launch. It's for free. That's right. Um, and it's uh, it's an application that lets you travel to awesome places all around the world. So we start with just a little globe in the beginning, and you can pick the scanned locations. They've been all reconstructed with photogrammetry right um and it's a very lifelike representation of the place like the cool thing is really to go out and explore all those little details right because they are not thrown in there by an artist but they are like actually actually you know the pictures there yeah. it's, a, it's a real picture that you can live within and, yeah. and walk around it. it's a photo to, to walk around and that's right. that's like the best way to describe it yeah yeah and um yeah there this this zooming this bringing you somewhere really really quick Mm -hmm. um, works really well to to give the brain a, kind of a, a possibility to stay oriented, to update the right. spatial representation, right. to get this feeling like I'm traversing the space, I'm moving through the space, but it's too short to make you sick. So that's that's and the funny thing. Quick, we find. Yeah, so that it's even... about like ten frames, eleven frames wow, that, that okay. we that we push you push you through that. So it's hundred milliseconds, hundred twenty um, around that, and um, but it's enough to you know give this initial understanding it's like a little cue that you need mm, um mm -hmm. which is enough uh some people find it a little jarring um especially when they like teleport in front of walls um right I mean, we, we did some some stuff to to not let you teleport right in front of walls anymore and stuff interesting okay so you put you can put even bounds like yeah, right exactly. or something around um, the walls they find it jarring which is not saying that there's motion sickness like i literally had one right. person getting motion sick after half an hour in there or so and that was the only thing I ever really, uh, like recognized uh, people getting sick. Is this something you want people to start implementing rather than teleportation? Is this fast travel method? You do. I think like I think it's it's always um, there's no silver bullet at the moment. Um, but is would you want to essentially no. open this up, or you want to see it in other apps? And well, it's it's simple work? to implement. I mean, mm -hmm. um, like, but you have some interesting yeah. gains, right? Like it's per per distance. I remember you telling me you're tuning. The, the speed and how long it takes you to, to get, to get it's, uh, um yeah so so it's a it's a uh, yeah the speed is is, is uh, no the speed is actually actually um variable, variable so okay. it's it's just it just makes sure that you never go longer than those hundred milliseconds because okay. then you would start getting sick gotcha okay so it's the time it's, capped. it's time cap it's time um, cap but the speed itself is variable yeah okay. So, so yeah, take those notes, guys, and start building your your, your experience in that. Yeah. Or is the fun, it? Yeah. The funny thing is is that that uh, it's been coming up now. Like uh, I think we've talked about it before. That Doom is is implementing something. Was it Doom? Yes. Doom is Doom is like you you slow down time while you you right. point somewhere and then you move there really quickly. And um, yeah, people people apparently really liked it. Like there was a very positive article uh, about it in in, um, in some of the the magazines, um, some of the blogs. So um, that was really funny uh, because they like the, the the headline of the article like Doom solves locomotion problem, <laughs> um, um, and then like we we had this thing on Facebook uh, where somebody actually linked us in the discussions like saying wow we obviously said that before that's awesome <laughs> glad someone pointed yeah. pointed it out yeah I mean it's it's like you know we're in those early days of VR development where a lot of things get discovered by a lot of people yeah so there's yeah. like. It, it would be stupid to be, you know, like you, totally. you did your design process and you arrived at the same conclusion. Well, yeah, that's the validation for me. Like, that's good. Daniel, I'll just tell you, there's a lot of patents being filed currently. Yeah. There's yeah. no, seriously, like you, these, these ideas, even though we're talking about it openly on a podcast, I think, um, 
the amount of like patents that I I see a week and the stuff that gets patented, it's like these even these small little utility patents like can uh, just give you and your company like enough uh, value and assets by having IP. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Or you could put it, you know, make it open source and put it on GitHub and people can start implementing it. Or actually as yeah. an asset in the Steam store or the uh, Unity uh, asset store, I think would be really cool. Yeah. Actually, I did, uh, I did uh, put something else on GitHub that I worked really? on, um, which was the, the Dolly shots for Coloss. Um, so, uh, Coloss, I thought it would... I guess I don't know if most people read it as Colossus or Colossus. Maybe, yeah, or, nobody nobody ever knows. Like I've I've heard uh, yeah. native speakers saying different things, so I'm fine. <laughs> it's, I'm sure most of the the listeners here have seen it. Actually, uh, it's the uh, the the old. I, it, I guess it's a year old now. Like, yeah, about that. It's the VR goal, uh, VR gem, Oculus Mobile VR gem, uh, right. gold winner. Um, and so it's, it's like about this, this blue little uh, Colossus. Yes. That colossus, uh, <laughs> colossus, um, in chasing chasing this this little hunter guy, and yeah. it turns out to not be chasing him. But I don't want to spoil it too much. No. So um, no, it's a it's a fun little experience that uh, I worked on with like a, an awesome team. Um, I'm Cho Chan from uh, former formerly Oculus now now at right. uh, Within brought us all together. Um, uh, Nick Pittam and, and I were doing a lot of the programming. with Some awesome artists on that. It was a really fun project. Um, and what did I, you learn from that? Or yeah, I like I, I worked on a, on a small part of it um, actually, which was um, designing around the limitation that you can't have dolly shots in <laughs> in, in VR, especially you know gear with sixty hertz only, and, right? Um, Three sixty right. kind of ish, <laughs> because you can't you don't have the positional tracking. Mm-hmm. So um, it felt very limiting for the kind of story that we wanted to tell to to not be able to you know move around. In because you, you you can't do those fast cuts. People yeah. get it's the same thing as with teleporting, like but even worse because you don't actually initiate it, so you don't have agency about it. Right. But it's just like done to you, and you're like, well, what, what? What are you happened? doing to me? It's yeah. like a little puppet. You know, yeah. someone's moving you around. Plus, uh, you know, it's it, it's just again making making the world more believable if you if yeah. you, you know traverse it a bit. Um, so what what we did there um, in the cave? There's the scene um, when they're hunted goes up to the Colossus closer, um, where pretty much the environment fades out, um, the colors change, and you start slowly moving towards them. Mm. Um, and that, funny enough, is, is not resulting in motion sickness. And, and the, the thinking behind it, the reasoning behind it, um, how, how we designed this was um, a, a big problem in, in making you motion sick is visual flow. Um, okay. That's the bottom-up thing. Like, a lot of your... You know, a lot of things in your visual field moving in the same direction. Um, that that is like the bottom-up cause uh, okay. cause of, of making you motion sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like this this uh, top-down component, which is only in your head, which can result, you know, from from a basic input that comes up so or may not. But it's depending on your interpretation. So if you believe that you're moving, exactly, then you can cause um, that that causes yourself. motion sickness as well. So we did two things. We took away a lot of the environment that was not important for the scene at the moment okay like all the surrounding was not important um and only let the two main characters and like a few props um in the scene um to to take away visual flow and then we did something else um which was attaching a particle system they were really short-lived particles um but they were attached to your torso Mm -hmm. so they would be moving with you through space giving you a reference frame 
Um, also, there's a ground wow. texture doing the same thing. Interesting. And that way, you would be flipping the perception of the user, this top-down component of, it's not me who's moving through space, but yeah. those, those two characters are coming closer to me. Right. Like, they are moving around me. Um, so you're grounding the player by putting something that they're standing on and also some particles that are around them. Yeah. And every the world itself is moving towards them rather than them going through the world. And it's a really cool, Smart. Subtle, subtle effect because most people didn't even notice that the, mm. that the particles were you know attached to their body, uh, to their torso and, and, and like this, this ground texture was only in the peripheral vision right. like at, the, at the lower end. Um, so a lot of people were not even aware of all those things happening. But it's enough to to you know flip their perception and, and get rid of motion sickness. Right. And, that's um, really smart, and yeah. and that's design, right? Is like it's ninety exactly. percent of invisible, ninety nine percent invisible. Um, and when you don't notice it, is when it's working the best. Yeah, no, absolutely. And a cool thing that I really liked about it as well was you you get this this feeling of um, of focus. It was a very tense part of the mm. of the story. And and so everything that is not important falls away, and you focus on on like the thing that's happening in front of you. So it's also kind of a became a storytelling tool by accident. Um, mm. That if you use it wisely, is is not you know making the experience worse. To just like you know oh, I have to deal with motion sickness. I have to like do this thing to, right. to deal. But it, it, you can use it to make it better and have that effect on top. From a storytelling perspective, then the tool is like is to give people the tunnel vision yeah. of the action, right? Which, of, funny enough, in this, really this part, the, the little hunter had this tunnel vision because it's attracted by something that, like in the colossus, like this, right. this big shiny diamond, and so you reflect that kind of tunnel vision in what's happening in the story. Um, wow, that's so fascinating. Yeah. I mean, that's actually still based on brains as well. Like when you do have, um, there was an interesting. I mean, I, I always butcher <laughs> studies and stories, yeah. but essentially when you get tunnel vision, when someone's pointing a gun to or towards you, literally like that's why a lot of victims don't remember the faces of the their attackers is because they're literally they have tunnel vision on the gun itself yeah. on the threat. And so I've, I've literally perceptually everything else kind of fades away. And so you're just playing on top of that and, and for, well, not forcing it, but essentially putting it on the, the player to experience it. And uh, then they don't get motion sick. Yeah. Clever. That's yeah, so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things, and I think um, you know, talk, like thinking about those those basic basic mechanisms that are at work can give you great guidance for designing VR experiences, and also um, you know go beyond what the what the best practice guide tells you. Like I, I would advise everybody that starts developing VR to you know follow the practice guide, um, like do do simple things. It feels very constraining in the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's a good place to start, and then you know, go from there. Learn, learn about those me mechanics at work. Experiment a lot, and uh, but they can guide you to to bit by bit find ways to design around those limitations and, and do something more, something something that is you know right. a little bit more challenging. And so the best practices is good is a good base to begin with, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't experiment with the core print even principles yeah just just don't think just yeah. don't think from the beginning on you're like way gotcha. too smart for this and you you know how to solve all that because that's what i've been seeing in a lot of lot of you know first time experiences that people made and they're like yeah i read the read the thing and like yeah this this felt way too boring and so i just implemented <laughs> this crazy uh, train ride with like you know you'd be thrown around in the end and like a lot of cutscenes where your yeah. characters animated and, <laughs> So there's a lot of weird stuff happening. Yeah, um, I even just saw a new 
freaking roller coaster app being published in Oculus Store. I was like, how in 2016 yeah. is someone still making a roller coaster app? And, and how did it get approved, first of all, by Oculus? Yeah, so it's, 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 it's funny. Uh, I mean, like some people demand that kind of stuff. We had mm -hmm. that as well with, with realities. <laughs> We had actually a lot of people, uh, or like, uh, not a lot of people, but they had evocative people, right, I guess, right. uh, demanding those things, like writing in the Steam forums, like, hey, can we get like a, a continuous motion with the gamepad? I want to freely explore the places. Really? Mm -hmm. and, and so we ended up implementing that. Um, how, so how does that work? Is that the sentence be behind your head that you're saying? Or is it just the trackpad? No, if, if you if you use it with the Oculus, you can use the gamepad, and there's like a comfort mode, which is basically oh. just casting the ray like the teleportation ray, uh -huh. uh, you can but all you can also use the the um, joysticks to move around. Um, I I couldn't get like I couldn't uh, get myself to fully implement continuous motion because like I implemented it and it made me sick within like wow. twenty seconds. You, you so I was like sick. so I was like sorry guys I, I I can't I can't do this like, I I'm too afraid that I'm gonna That's make funny. some people sick that accidentally do that. So I w w what I ended up doing. Is, is making really really small jumps yeah it's really really small jumps they are continuous like you can just keep doing them but that at least for me I haven't done like a, a whole lot of user testing um, just a, a few folks mm. um, made the made the problem way less severe how do you what do you think about have you tried minecraft yet i know they've uh, had no, it on gear no. vr for a while and they just released on rift they have some fascinating uh sickness kind of solutions and they have like a whole sub like a sub menu they can turn on and off these features and, and the amount of things that they've implemented uh, uh i think are just fascinating so one is that i think lateral kind of turning it, with a thumbstick is is always impossible it pretty much causes the most sickness that and kind of lateral movement like yeah, just strafing. strafing left and right really hard to do or it'll just make you sick and even rotating left like they essentially made it notch rotation i yeah, think like same same we implemented okay cool that's like 15 degrees i think is what one each rotation is second they actually had the jump so in in, in minecraft you can obviously jump but uh that's also a very uh big cause of motion sickness so they had it so that you see yourself going up but then you teleport down as in when you jump um, it doesn't make sense as much on paper, even when you're actually trying it, it's not like, it doesn't break the immersion, but like it's it's a way so that you don't feel uh, motion sick. Yeah. And, and even I, I that like I'm like very immune to motion sickness, like I could see why that would happen. I yeah, think yeah, you can yeah. turn it on and off. Uh, they have a couple of more uh, tricks in there as well. Like, you know, this is Carmack's baby, essentially. This is right. what he's been doing. Um, so I, I, what do you think? Is teleportation completely like the way to go at this point, or because I still really, really, really want a continuous motion thing in, in virtual reality? I'm still looking for experiments and things that people are doing, so that I do still feel that I can traverse within this environment, and it still feels big to me. Because rather than being able to teleport places, like it literally yeah. breaks the, the sense of the the hugeness of the place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you, what do you want to experiment? Like, if you had a, like next six months to play with locomotion, <laughs> right? You're fully paid. This lab will, will get you doing it, and you'll have uh, a team of engineers to help you build it. Uh, that's uh, that's tough <laughs> because I think there's there's some basic human limitations at work that we have to that we have to fi uh, figure out how to get around. Um, again, like this, what you just said, it's it's again those free free aspects that you have, like it's, it's practicability, mm -hmm. um, it's the comfort, and it's the immersion. And you want to get from this motion, and and you can't have all like yeah, right. that, that's how it feels pick like. Two. Um, yeah, it's 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 this pick two kind of thing. Um, so I think you know 
we might come up with something down the road. Um, but compared to the things that we have now, the solutions that we have now, which are all fairly simple solutions, um, that will be, if we find something, I have the hunch that it's going to be very, very sophisticated in, in, in a way that, that it, you know, exploits even, even deeper things like, you know, maybe like flickering through that motion and then to, to get a, get around your threshold. Like I'm just like making random, uh, random things up. But, Mm. um, what if you're flickering as you, as you're moving forward? So like you're literally drop. Uh, every other frame is black as yeah. you're moving forward. I don't know. Yeah, Has someone tried maybe, something like may, that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's something like that. It's it's also you know there's there's a lot of stuff that you can do with a peripheral vision, mm. like having having this kind of tunnel, tunnel thing. And, right. But but again, there's there's a few implementations of that, like doing a vignette around around your viewport. Um, uh, Lucid trips, for example, is doing that um, yeah. when when you jump. Um, like they just fade that thing in, and not, also there was this this paper that was totally hyped up. Yeah, uh, know, there's right? people uh, like implementing exactly that. It's like, wow, guys, this is not. Don't act like this is this crazy surprise. Yeah. Like it's blocking peripheral motion uh, to reduce. It made uh, so much flow. news. So yeah. much news. Yeah, and and Eagle Flight too from Ubisoft. Yeah. I can't wait to play that game. And I'm still, I'm honestly so surprised that people aren't making more flying games like maybe that's okay dk1 and dk2 days but i still want to fly i think most people still want to scare the shit out of themselves and like fly around or fall like i don't yeah. know I, we're, we're all way too worried about motions like this yeah that's 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 <laughs> another thing um i think that that should not be you know be scared of, of yeah. experimenting more um because that's i think how, how we might that's the only way how we might stumble up some upon something like there's no yeah. obvious solution yeah not at all um, but there's just some things that work surprisingly well. Like I've showed you the the game jam thing that we built uh, for flying through through an asteroid field, yeah. right? Um, so, which just fun. gives you gives you the little uh, the Vive controllers are your thrusters, and, and you have to, you can accelerate, and then you like fry. But you have the inertia, so you have to catch yourself again, right. and you start rotating and spinning. Right. And we we narrowed it down to a set of parameters that that surprisingly don't make you sick because also that is one of the things we would think like wow it's going to make people super sick like you have acceleration all the time right deceleration all the time you even have rotation right um but it kind of works because i think the 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 environment is featureless enough yeah and so you you, for example don't get a lot of visual flow uh, optical flow and 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 so not no near field 3d stuff uh, most of the time um so you can get away with it and just you know, doing that kind of experiments and learning what are the parameters that actually contribute, um, mm-hmm. while keeping in mind the, the the factors that you have to watch out for and, and, and think about. I think that is that is probably like the best idea to to learn more about the phenomenon and down the road find find solutions. But um, as I said right now, uh, or as I said before, there's no silver bullet at the moment. Like at the moment, like the best locomotion methods are the ones that that make sense in the game. Which is right. like budget cuts, the the the, the right. example that is always always used. Like they they made something that just works really well in their game, so they can they they have teleporting basically, but they make it believable and they make it not feel like a constraint. Yeah, very much a part of the universe and the feature of the game itself. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. and and also with like for example a drift, which is mm-hmm. is this locomotion where you would think, wow, this is gonna make me super motion sick. Yeah, it kind of fits into the whole thing and. You know, feeling a little dizzy uh, <laughs> for me like makes it even more immersive it's because, it, it, because you're an it, astronaut. Yeah, it fits into the thing. So, 
it's, it's I mean I know like for I example like my co-founder David idea, yeah, yeah. I can't think, play it but um, really yeah but there's yeah I think it's yeah. you have to tie it to so it has to make sense in, in what you're I building I completely agree giving giving the world uh, or even things and features of the experience that you're making giving them a reason for them to exist I think is super super crucial and, yeah. and it comes down to even audio like the music that you're hearing shouldn't be like a voiceover coming straight from your head so they can hear the sound give it a reason for it to exist why is there music playing uh, is it coming from a radio is it coming from beyond the mountains yeah, um, yeah there was an excellent talk uh, last Oculus Connect from one of the audio engineers uh, oh, from, really? from Oculus really worth watching um, for like getting an intro into that and that, that was like the same thing like he said like don't have like you know voice of God kind of shit right it's, it's, it's just weird and it's just freaking you out um, and uh, so uh, that that was just it's, it's awkward so I think uh, one of the one of the really good basic ideas um, for designing for VR with sound and with every other thing is respecting the physicality of things Mm. so if you know don't make stuff appear out of nowhere with no reason like you can make a hologram appear out of your like hologram projector on your arm like that's fine or you know sure if, if that makes sense but don't make solid if you want to have something that feels solid and you let it appear out of nowhere that's bullshit that's like i was thing. Yeah, yeah we had the same thing when working on the audi vr experience so as the uh, lead ux designer for the audi vr showroom experience and, and there it was a lot about, you know, how, how do you get around the car because you don't have enough space. And a lot of people were just like, yeah, you know, just make it, make it spinnable, like let, it, let people just turn it around. And I was always like, ah, we can't do that because like it, it's a big car, you know, it's like right. it should feel heavy. It should feel like audio always loves that to use the word premium. Everything. <laughs> like if you ever want to convince somebody at Audi to do something, tell them it's premium. It's a premium experience. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, so I wanted to really respect the physicality of that car and the inertia mm. that it has, mm. that you can't just spin it around. Interesting. That's actually what probably would have solved your, you know, your, your, the months of experimenting that you did to try, try to get around this small space constrained yeah. room. Yeah. Uh, it was just to spin it around, but I guess that would break the sense of it being real and whatnot. I guess, I mean, off the top of my head, I would say maybe make the car sort of like shrink down to a small size thing, spin it, and then open it. I don't know. Or, yeah, but again, then then you 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 violate the physical appearance of the car, like yeah. that the car is yeah. the center of that whole experience, yeah. and and it should be as real and as as you know um, have that mass, that mass, yeah, yeah uh, and the, the believableness um, if that is a word. No, no, I think in yeah. weight, I think is still is a very real property that you can get in VR, which you, we haven't had before. Like you don't have, you can't, you can't get weight of an object looking at it through an iPhone or a, or a MacBook. Like weight and even texture, at, almost at this point. Um, yeah, I had a I had a fascinating um, moment with that. It was like early DK two days, and just playing this this weird demo that I never heard anything like it was supposed to become a game, but never did. I think what's it called? Like Red Room or something. I okay. don't even know anymore. Um, the the thing was, it was just this random room which was looking really nice. They they had like some trick to have very little aliasing. Okay. Like, that was the only thing other I remember. Uh -huh. But I was standing in the door frame and I stood up, um, and I had this magical moment where I would like feel that door frame over me, like the, the the weight of of like the wall, and just respect that and and. and I mean, now with the vibe, that is like pretty much standard. Right, like you have right. that all the time. That's right. something we, we got very used to. But that was the first time for me that I I accepted those virtual things to have this, this weight and right. presence. Um, and was that your first time where you're like, 
almost getting to that presence present yeah moment. yeah like, i mean like cool. there's like there's early dk two times where everybody's like i had I like two it. seconds of I presence <laughs> i remember the, the yeah. forums actually yeah. back then yeah. it was like yeah I, I felt it for a minute no uh, way man have you quick question to, to yeah. wrap things sure. up have you ever like fallen asleep asleep in vr and woken up with the headset on you no, or no, never I've heard some cool stories about people in like Elite Dangerous just nodding off in their bed uh, or in their chairs and then waking up and just like, whoa, huh? What look? Oh, I'm in this world. Damn. <laughs> I would love to see something built around like losing consciousness and regaining consciousness and still being in a virtual world. Um, and if <laughs> what kind of an impact that would have. I should I should try that out. Like uh, I, I like to take these you know twenty minute naps where you kind of zone out. You don't really fall asleep, but then yes. you, you you go into this weird dreamland in, in between and then come back. It's almost like a meditation wave. kind of thing. Yeah, I should I should try that sometime in VR and yeah. you know, see see what happens. Uh, quick shout out to Realities. You guys should totally check it out. There's some wonderful actually experiences in there. Um, yeah, and there's some new stuff well. coming up if you've checked it out um, and, and didn't look into it for a while. We'll be we'll be updating soon. So there's some some new scans That's coming right. out. Just check the check the Steam announcements. Uh, whenever we put something in there, we'll write it there. And also Twitter realities underline io. That's right. Uh, and another shout out actually to Daniel's talk at the Unity uh, Summit. Was it? Is that Vision what it? Summit. Vision Summit. And uh, he had a great talk about the Audi VR showroom experience and how they figured out. Uh, how to kind of move uh, themselves around the the room. So yeah, yeah, check Great. it out. Thank you, Daniel, for joining us for another episode of Research. It was VR. a it was a pleasure, man. Oh, yeah. Keep keep doing your your podcast. Thank I you. It's really helpful. Absolutely. Uh, join us for next episode, guys. Bye.